Jedi. Welcome to the Weekly Song Podcast. It's episode 100. 100! <laughs> Joining... <laughs> that's, uh, that's Declan Kitchen over there on the ones and twos. How are you, how are you Declan? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? I'm good. I'm excited we've done 100 episodes, triple figures. 100 episodes. Jesus. Like, how did we do this? What happened to us? I know. What's it been like? <laughs> five years, I think? Maybe um, just less? 2016 we started, so 16, 17, 18. Yeah, five years. My lord. Golly goodness. Man, it it's crazy. And this is uh, the... Oh, is it kind of like the last episode of season 10? Or is it its own thing? I think it's its own thing. Episode 100 oh. has to be its own thing. It's too good for season 10. Yeah, too good for season 10. This is an episode by, by the that way, will check, live in history. By the way, check out season 10. It's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, season 10 is good. Stupid but this is episode 100. 10. Man, this is like episode 100. Game over, man. Game over. <laughs> so we, we've actually come up with like a, a fun little thing to do for which episode Which is one. not writing songs, which is what you would expect a weekly song podcast to be about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, we've just had basically eight weeks of writing a song each every week. So we're going to take a listen to some really... Uh, well, some, some masterpieces. So, some, some things that will <laughs> challenge your sense of our brilliance. Some things Why are we doing your, this? Some things that will challenge your sense of... Is that really music? It will uh, challenge your sense of good taste. Well, we were thinking, like, what should we do for episode 100? And I think it was... I think you came up with the idea, didn't you? Of, like, let's listen to some old demos and unreleased things. Let's dig out what we can find in our archives <laughs> and see how well we can embarrass ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> oh man so i wasn't sure what to choose so i just went for like a mixture of like some really embarrassing stuff from my teenage years and some songs that just you know weren't part of the podcast uh but were written later on so i uh, see i've gone for sort of like my technical development within the realm of demo recording and then just some outtakes for the podcast so it's going to be interesting absolutely Absolutely. I mean, we don't have any other business uh, to do before, so should we just dive in? Yeah, sure thing. And uh, in the grand old tradition of swapping who goes first, we're going to listen to Roger's songs. Oh, God. First. Okay, right. <laughs> you're in for, you're in for a, a bumpy ride, listeners. <laughs> okay, so, uh, right. Uh, first up on my list um, of songs that we're listening to from... The glory is. Um, well, yeah, the dusty old hard drives, I was going to say, um, is a song called Anything is Better Than Nothing. Um, and this was recorded with a band that uh, I was in when I was about, I don't know, 13 or 14 um, from the year 2005. And uh, this features Richard Stoll on drums, um, Joe Easterbrook on bass and guitar solo. And then I do the rhythm guitar and vocals. So, So here we go. Looking forward to this. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, so that was Roger's uh, Anything's Better Than Nothing from 2005, when you were a wee baron. You would have been 13. Yeah. You yeah. Sat, you, like, the tone of your voice has not changed that much since you were 13. You're lucky. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing, but I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that is a blast from the past. Um, uh, I was just thinking when I was hearing that, like, the, when I hear your music now and you say, like, Oh, I used to be a fan of things like Green Day and Cheap Trick and stuff like that. I was just thinking like, hmm, I can't see that in your music. You can really see it there. <laughs> yeah, it's really weird listening back to old old stuff because like at some point I kind of turned into this acoustic velvet wearing person. I don't wear velvet. Don't He's like John Pertwee, folks. <laughs> uh, but but yeah, I mean like Influence used to, used to come out way more like in, in earlier recordings and stuff. Like, you know... Um, well, I suppose the thing is, when you're um, younger and just starting out, your influences bleed through more because you've got fewer of them and you're directly copying them to find your own style. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Smart. Yeah. SMRT. Oh. Uh, so the people you were playing with uh, this with, it's labelled on your recording here as Plastic Peelers. What was the context of that group? Oh, God. Okay, well, I'll start with the name. Um, so... Me and my friend Joe at school, we were uh, we were both very into music, and we spent a lot of time together because we were friends. And uh, we used to <laughs> this is so strange. We used to go to the um, uh, what do you call it? The what what do they call it? DT Design Technology Department yeah. in school, and when no one was there, and sometimes you know we were in class, and they used to have these <laughs> these sheets of plastic. And you know when you get a new piece of plastic. It comes with like a sort of like cellophane outer outer layer. Yeah, so it doesn't ruin the finish. We just used to get a huge kick out of peeling those things off. Essentially, if I let you loose in the back of an electronics store, would you just be like the guy just like peeling all the film off the TVs and everything? Just like, yeah, it's mine now. You bet, and <laughs> popping bubble wrap and all that sort of thing. So I don't know why, but we we both. We both did that, and we both thought that was funny. So we called the band the Plastic Peelers. Um, uh, I mean, so... it's just it's distinctive, and it it, it wouldn't get garbled <laughs> over a microphone, so it works like that. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, so yeah, and um, like I say, that recording was with uh, my friend Richard on drums, my friend Joe on bass and lead guitar. Uh, Joe is a, a fantastic musician. Um, you know, even at like the age of 13 and 14, he was like coming up with parts which I thought were just so sophisticated and mature. Um, and his guitar playing was fantastic. Uh, I mean, Rick- can I just put into context that uh, at 13, I had not even started playing any music at all. I had not started piano at this point. So, you, oh, yeah. so the fact that you're already producing like band stuff means you're so far ahead of me. Well, I, I, it was very basic stuff. I mean, I suppose in age terms, yeah, but... Uh, but yeah, you know. Also, and, uh, you found a drummer. Yeah, you know what? I was actually, I was thinking about this recently. I was really lucky when I was a teenager because I didn't really sort of, well, I won't go into the whole thing, but, you know, sometimes you don't really fit in too well when you're at primary school and that sort of thing. And I was thinking, oh, Preach. Jesus, now I've got to go to secondary school or I'm going to fit in even less, which was largely true. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I, I started playing music and growing my hair out and all this sort of thing. And, uh, and then somehow, thank God, I found all these friends who were either into music or played music in some regard. And I remember, you know, Richard from from this group, um, my friend Richard, he 
he just got a drum kit one Christmas, like a silver pearl drum kit, I remember it was. And his parents would let him play it in his room, which I just thought was like, you know, it's just crazy to see. Uh, so we just used to I jam mean, the around there. Is and... like drunk it in the room. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. And so, we, yeah, we just used to jam a lot. And um, and then at a certain point, I was like, well, I just wanted to say one other thing about this one, because um, it doesn't apply to any of the others, which is that it was recorded on my first ever recording gizmo, um, which was... I can't remember the exact model number, but it was a Korg four track with like two speakers on it, a cassette four track. You could plug uh, either a you know a line in like a guitar or what have you, or a microphone, and record to one or four tracks. And it had built in effects and built in speakers. So this thing was like, you know, just the holy grail for me at the time. I was like, oh my god, I can record four things. <laughs> so that was so I much the fun. The same capacity as the Beatles. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, just the absolute excitement of, oh my God, Richard's got a drum kit. Richard, can you, can you learn these songs? He's like, yeah, okay. And uh, so, so yeah, that is, was a lot of fun. Is this a Roger Heather's composition then? I wrote the song, yeah, but it's it's definitely, I definitely like categorize it as like a plastic peeler's song, if you will. There's another, there's other versions. I, I recorded about, I don't know, no exaggeration, like nine or ten versions of this song. And this is the only one with a band. Um, but I thought it was more interesting because it featured more musicians. But I recorded this song a bunch of times. Yeah, fair play. <laughs> it's, it's kind of awesome to sort of hear, like, the difference 15 years makes. <laughs> that sounds bitchy. I mean that in the best possible way. <laughs> well, you know, some might say not very much uh, difference, but... <laughs> oh, wait till we get to mine, bud. Wait till we get to mine. <laughs> anyway, we went on that one for ages. It's going to be a long old episode if they're all long that long. Long old episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay so uh next on the old list uh, another one from 2005 uh ish um i can't say for sure because anyway uh the way i categorize these like the more recent years of recordings and stuff in my hard drive they're like 2019 2018 definitely but these ones are like around about early years because they were transferred from another hard drive but anyway. oh, I, had, I had the same problem i was trying to look at the properties and all the fold uh all the files and everything it's just like Okay, is that when it was created or is that when it was moved? <laughs> right, yes, exactly, exactly. I mean, the other thing is, like, if stuff was recorded on, on cassette, you know, there's no way to date the those recordings apart from to go, I think I had a cassette machine in, like, 2005, you know? <laughs> so, anyway, song number two uh, is called One More Reason, and, and yeah, it goes like this. <laughs> Is it 
Tam. Okay, so well, it's that was that was loud. I'm gonna have so, to do so much work in editing to get that down. <laughs> oh man, I'm sorry, but uh, a little attempt at uh, harmony vocals there. Maybe the first um, t- first time I really tried to do See, harmony vocals. I wasn't taking harmony vocals away from that. I was taking away like, dude, you if you put the Ramones in by mistake. <laughs> Oh man, this was this was at a time when I was very into Rancid mostly, um, but also uh, Lars Fredrickson of Rancid. He has it. He had his own stuff, um, and then Green Day, and uh, you know, Fast and the Ramones, like you say, um, Fast, so, Angry, Loud. It's funny, isn't it? Like when you look back at earlier stuff, you go, "Oh wow, I was really trying to find my voice." And my voice really didn't end up being that, but you've got to try these things, haven't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, you know, we've all got our embarrassing uh, recordings of us trying to find our way. Uh, it takes a while. <laughs> it certainly does. I mean, they say that thing about the 10,000 hours takes 10,000 hours to become, you know, a master of something or what have you. Man, the early hours um, of anything are, you know, painful to listen to sometimes. They're they're going to be demonstra- uh, demonstrative uh, in your later years of like how maybe not to do things <laughs> or like maybe what doesn't necessarily suit you. But I I kind of miss early punk Roger by the sounds of it. This sounds like early punk Roger was fun. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> thank you. I mean, the fun thing with with making recordings like this was that I didn't have any like I wasn't thinking I'm making an album or I, or anything like that. It was just like I like making music on my you know in my room and that's just that's just it just doing it for the sake of doing it rather than doing it for the sake of it goes on a project yeah definitely which i think i mean you can you can hear how uninhibited like the performance was there were oh we sure could (laughs) (laughs) that's the stuff i would never put in in a thing now not only because like it's not my style or whatever but it's just like i'd just be too conscious of what other people would think you know uh, Which I think I've got to let go of, you know, in some way. You've got to become this sort of selfless creature, like when you're performing. Um, is this the same group of people that were on your last recording? Uh, no, good point. Um, this is all me. Um, Even the drums. Yeah, well, yeah, the drums. I mean, they're uh, what do you call them? Like keyboard drums. You know what I mean? Like when oh, you, right. when you okay. pull up a drum kit on a like a Yamaha keyboard and you just you know. Just, that sort of thing um so yeah i mean I, this was i'd moved on from the four track at this point to a 16 track and the Ooh. 16 track was digital He's going in the world <laughs> so yeah i got the zoom 16 track and uh you know wow you know four times more tracks you know and it had a little like uh ability to record drums uh and and that sort of thing so yeah i mean this was just like one of many 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 evenings of coming home from school you know, setting my bag down and just recording until I went to bed. Um, this is just kind of the thing I like to do at the time. And at this time, too. <laughs> it's something that's never truly gone away. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, so... Number three? Number three. Sweet. Do okay, I have to so... turn this one down as well? No, if anything, turn this one a little bit up. It's a bit more... Uh, you'll know, that you'll notice with the, the early ones here is, like, the style changes quite a lot, as does the volume. Uh, so this one's called I Hope the Cameras See Me Smiling and it's from about 2007. So I was like, what, 15, 16? No, probably 15. Yeah, you would have been 15 at the end of the year.
That was, uh, I hope the cameras see me smiling. Uh, I'm kind of getting slightly more Killers vibes from this one. I suppose I was listening to the Killers quite a bit at the time, actually. Because uh, you've got more of the synths yeah. in there and everything, and like even like the subject of the lyrics a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I think there was definitely that influence. I think the influence I hear most of all is Smashing Pumpkins, who I know I was just obsessed with at the time. Okay, I can see that. There's like a bit. There's even like a bit of Billy Corgan in like the voice I'm trying to put on. I <laughs> see. I th- I was thinking Bowie there. Ah, okay. That's uh, yeah. So this is 2007. So um, I'm assuming this is all you uh, recording by yourself. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, this was at the point where I don't know. It just started like playing around with different sounds uh, or just listening that's the thing like at that age i was listening to so much music and you know and you listen to, to new... all the top music <laughs> all the bands <laughs> that's supposed to be my coffee Trump? there yeah let's try my throat's still recovering <laughs> oh man um yeah for people who don't know if we cut this out declan just had quite the um i choked on my coffee Ooh. This is a shock. This is a shock twist betrayal in episode one hundred. The coffee (laughs) tried to kill me. (laughs) Top ten anime betrayals. (laughs) (laughs) Coffee against Declan. (laughs) While I'm standing idly by. This is a plot twist that will drive forward the next one hundred (laughs) episodes. Drink tea next time. Uh, but yeah uh, so this one was me recording by myself and just yeah trying out different drum sounds and stuff and uh keyboards like and just try i suppose the thing is with with any of these early recordings it's like my my thing is was always like trying to figure out how people made their records sound good or their songs sound good and professional that is a big struggle of being a young musician (laughs) it really is because like how do they do that and it's like oh i didn't want to that's a perfect barbecue why does a mind look like that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but yeah I, I just didn't I, did, I never wanted to just brush off like oh people have more expensive equipment therefore they can make better music I was like well what like layers are they using like what type of keyboard sound are they using and how is that written so that it melds well with the guitars or what have you so this was like my <laughs> initial attempts at trying to do that stuff and often failing but it's all trial and error in it having that realisation at 15 sort of paints you in a better place to progress than most uh, musicians would end up being in because like I remember when I was uh, 15 years old and just starting on a guitar and just thinking like man if I could get me an AC30 I'd be amazing (laughs) and I got an AC30 and it's just like oh (laughs) (laughs) I see (laughs) This is the funny thing with equipment. I think so many people are so focused on equipment. They're like, it's like you know, like you, you know, saying if I get this amp, it, I was the same. If I get this sixteen track, if I have sixteen tracks instead of four, I'll be like four times better as a musician. Or you like, like you sort no. of, you end up like hearing people's advice on how they get like their tone or their effects and anything. Like, okay, if I get the guitar that's got like uh, fifteen different pickup positions then I can get all the noises and I'll be the best musician. <laughs> and then you just realise that, oh, wait, I do actually need to work on the notes at some point. <laughs> you will go through it. Oh, definitely. And you continue to go through it as well. Like, I mean, 
I recently got an 8-track tape recorder and I thought, finally, I can make the music I've always wanted to make, <laughs> even though I've owned cassette recorders in the past. Like, uh, how many yeah. releases are you in at this point? Like, 20 or something? <laughs> well, like, yeah. finally, I can do proper music. <laughs> <laughs> there is that feeling, though. I mean, we're really digressing here, but there is that feeling of, like, the next project's always the good one, and the one you're currently working on, you're excited about, but you're like, I know that I'm not going to be happy with this at some point in the future. Mm. So just, it's always the next, the next. One day we'll do a hundredth episode of the podcast, and it'll be on there. Just <laughs> <laughs> yeah. letting all its secrets bear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Um, but, yeah, um, I think we're about halfway through mine now, um, my old archive songs. Uh, the next one is a song called School, which I wrote just after I left school. That's a good title. <laughs> Relevant. That's, so this is from the year 2011, and it uh, goes like this. Everybody wants me to stop reading all their testimonies But you know that I don't have the time But I would love you to read mine if you would be so kind I don't expect for you to have the time No more, no more, no more, no more No more since we've all been in school No more Don't you ever think of 
I should have faded this out, really. I was going to say, it just stops. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> oh, that's, a, that's kind of awesome, that one. Like, uh, there are loads of little bits, in, like the... Like, transition bit in there was really cool. Like, uh, what were you doing with the guitar in the right-hand side? A sort of weird solo-y one at the end. Were you just playing, or was that like some sort of weird sound you put on it? Oh, in the right hand side. I'm not sure. I don't quite remember. Um, give me a second, actually. I will just uh, t- bring that up for just a second. I still have the multi tracks. Uh, okay, so I think basically what that was was uh, it might have a, had a little bit of octaver on it, but I think it was just me improvising with single notes, basically. Ah, fair play. It works. Thanks, thanks. I mean, I think I was saying to you during the actual uh, when we were listening to it just now, like I used to experiment a lot more with that kind of thing. Um, which uh, again, you know, when you're not making music uh, for a release, because I never like put this out on an EP or anything like that. Um, release it, release it, release it, release it. Oh, no it. way, no way. <laughs> it's got far, far too many flaws. Oh, which reminds me of this really great Tom Waits thing. I might have told you this before, Declan, but I'm not sure I've ever said it on the podcast. Um, uh, somebody was asking Tom Waits about his um, early work, you know, his first couple of albums and the songs around that time. And he said, oh, man, you know, there's a reason I only put two in my two of those songs in my chord book. It's because looking back on old songs you wrote is like looking back at old pictures of yourself with a double chin you know <laughs> i always like that because it is it is you know you listen it, to old songs and you go oh i was out of tune i wasn't in time i was trying some like really questionable performance choices yeah it's kind of like that thing plus like why did you think this was a good idea <laughs> yeah but no, exactly I, there are great ideas in this one like uh because this is well this is uh four years on from the previous one we've heard what had sort of changed in how you produced music or like how you wrote music um uh well i think i had a macbook by this point my first yeah. MacBook. i had technology <laughs> yeah which helped yeah like following on from the point we were making before yeah i had a bunch of new gear so that's basically <laughs> why now um i don't know i was still like this is still in the sample based or digital drum era you know so I was still playing drums on a keyboard basically um and at this stage i think what hadn't happened at this stage which i think is why i like the writing challenge you and i do so much is i had i wasn't like writing songs on an acoustic guitar beforehand and then taking them to a recording setting and then like producing them up which i which i do now and i think actually works a lot better i just was kind of like recording into the into the computer if that makes sense, just like, oh, this is a cool drum sound. Let's record a beat with this. Oh, that's a cool guitar tone. Let's record a thing with that. And this like writing might be a, song a theme that, that we way. return to. Yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to hearing like that transition for you because like mm. I feel like I feel like we've gotten to a point now where, like I was saying before, writing a song on an acoustic instrument or maybe an electric instrument, but all the way through roughly, and then and then developing it later. I think that's generally the way to go. Um, in ninety nine percent of the cases, for me personally, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Just I was still recording at home in my bedroom, just keyboard, drums, and just layering up instruments on that. Uh, yeah, and so I remember I was really interested in auto tune as well at the time. So at the at the outro, um, you can hear like me wailing through auto tune 
which give, gives a boost of confidence you know what i mean because um then you're always in tune i mean could you could you hook me up with some because i i kind of need some i know a guy i'll i'll put you guys in touch uh, no you, you don't need deets. any yeah he's uh he's a black market dealer <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah that's a really cool song uh shall we move on to your next one yeah let's it's called balloon balloon uh so yeah uh we'll talk about it afterwards i suppose but yeah let's have a listen night fell softly as i tied strings to my feet floating over So that was a balloon, uh, which uh, first off I put on an album. When did I, when did I put out that album? That with, was two thousand seventeen. Uh, bear in mind this recording was from two thousand eleven. So you were sitting on this song for about six years. Yeah, I I couldn't get it. Like I I knew I liked the song, but I could never get it sounding like the way I wanted to. Um, even when I recorded it for that album, um, which is uh, To Your Heart's Content. My memory's getting worse these days. Um, yeah, even when I recorded it for that album, I was like, oh, how do I get this right? And I did multiple versions of it, just trying to... Because the thing is, like... <coughs> excuse me. With with trying to get a recording to sound good, you need the energy of the sort of original thing where you go... Because that's the original version. And I was like, oh, okay, I really like it, but it's got a lot of flaws in terms of pitch and um, arrangement and stuff like that. It's particularly harmony arrangement. I feel like it lacks. And I mean, and- to, to be slightly critical of your performance here from nine years ago, um, <laughs> it does, compared to the master, which I'm sure I'll have edited a clip in, in now... I tied strings 
Oh, thanks. It feels more like you're speaking out the delivery here, like, uh, or, as opposed to on the master where you're performing it. So, like, this one feels more spotlight searching, the, as opposed to spotlight searching, the, if you sort of see what I mean. Oh, yeah, definitely, yeah. I think when you do any, like, lead vocal on something that you know is going to be, uh, you know, not that it's... I always feel funny talking about, like, uh, album releases and stuff because it's not that big of a deal but it's a big deal in, in the sense that y- just you who made the song you know it's going to be at least available to to get for at least some time in the future so anyway what i'm saying is when you do a lead vocal you kind of think like okay i'm going to try and really perform this this time as opposed to on the demo uh but i think i went for that subdued vocal tone because um this song the the tone like the sort of mellotron in the background so like the flute mellotron sound was influenced by this song called uh, Black Cherry by Goldfrapp. And just that Mellotron sound. Obviously, we've all heard that Mellotron thing in um, Strawberry Fields by the Beatles, Strawberry Fields Forever. But uh, I just, I love that sound. I think it's such a delicate, cool sound. And uh, and yeah, so fun to use that sound. I was going to say, it gives it a very different feel from the master, which is more like echoey pianos and sort of rising swells, as opposed to here where it's more like, it feels like early, like late 60s, early 70s electronica inspired. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, it's it's yeah, it's a funny funny recording. I, I think actually it would be fun to do more recordings like this, where because you know obviously there's not a guitar in sight here on this recording, so it'd be kind of fun to do again, where it's like the accompanying instrument is something a bit more unusual because um, it definitely gives uh, room for the track to breathe. I think so. Oh yeah, it's a good one though. It's kind of interesting to hear it in sort of multiple periods. Like, because uh, like you can go and listen to the final version of this on Roger's Bandcamp. Uh, I recommend you do. It's a great album. It's kind of fun hearing the work in progress. Ah, oh, you're too kind. You're too kind. Um, but yeah, it is. It's always interesting hearing any previous version of a song that you you know you've become accustomed to. That's why I love the Beatles anthology stuff so much because. You know, we're all familiar with the Beatles uh, catalogue, you know, the whole thing, really. And then to, to hear the what how they started out and how the songs were developed, I just think is one of the most interesting processes to, to listen to. So, so yeah. Uh, right, so I've got three more left now. Um, and, yeah, now we're a little bit more up to date. So the next one was called Fruit, and it's from 2015. 2015. Getting closer. Ooh, spooky year that was. This would have been the year we met. 
Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Absolutely. There is a reason I know that, which we shall get to later. Ah, okay. All right, here we go. One, two, three, four. I knelt before you and I asked for something new. You know I wouldn't be here if I didn't think that it was true. I'll let you choose my prizes. All I ask is that you see me through with my regeneration. <laughs> bit of an odd one <laughs> bit of a short snippet that one <laughs> yeah um but uh yeah that was a, a funny little one i was just saying to you i forgot i did that backing vocal the fruit 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 <laughs> um, I, I mean this is kind of like 10 years on from the first demo you shown it's kind of really interesting to see how much you change between one and t'other i mean there's a decade between them so you'd hope you change but this kind of feels like something you could come out with today if that makes sense like it feels as opposed to like school and balloon where like you can tell it's you but like it's you as a work in progress this one feels more like like you're arriving maybe that's just because this is when i started listening to you your newly composed music uh but like for me this sort of seems much more like up to date if you told me you recorded this like last year or something like you could fool me uh, okay okay that makes sense. i mean yeah. in the most positive way no no sure sure i mean don't take it badly at all uh yeah i mean i think at this stage i just had settled on obviously our musical changes always t- change don't they as as we get older but i think at this stage i was like okay i think i know what type of artists i really like so this was a, a stage where i was listening to a lot of elliot smith and i don't know um had gone deeper into paul mccartney's catalogue and harry nilsson to some extent elliot um, smith yeah, makes sense people. actually in uh context of this yeah yeah i mean he he was such a big influence on like like making more paired back recordings and stuff that focused much more on like melody and harmony than it did on um I don't know, like really, really built up arrangements and like heavy guitars and what have you. Well, you can you can tell how much of an influence it has on you just by like how different this recording is. In fact, one of my thing, favorite things regarding your music uh, is that at one point, just in the staff room at work, I just had some music on on shuffle. One of your songs came on, uh, and there was a person there who was a big Elliot Smith fan. They said, "Oh, I've never heard this Elliot Smith song before." I just got. No, that's my mate Roger. Oh, that's so cool to hear. <laughs> yeah, they, they oh, were like man. flabbergasted. It's like he sounds exactly the same. It's just like I know, right? <laughs> we knew. <laughs> I knew he sounds just like you, did he? <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I I've heard uh, somebody said that to me once. They said, "Oh, your voice sounds like Elliot Smith's." I've never heard it, to be honest with you. But then I think we hear our own voices a bit differently to how other people hear them. 
Yeah, well, you're com- sort of competing with the voice in your head always, aren't you? Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, but, yeah, uh, so let me see what's next. Uh, this is this is a kind of a weird episode in the sense that it's almost, like, a bit difficult or, like, it feels a bit, uh, like, full-on just listening to a playlist of my music on air. <laughs> it feels a bit, like, big-headed or something. It'd be easier if we alternated, but I think it's better this way. Yeah, like, this, the maximum torture we can get uh, on you at this point just makes me feel so much better about part two <laughs> you're trying to get you're trying to get your uh your stuff in before that yeah i'm trying okay, to get my fun in now <laughs> all right so uh the next one is only three years old three years and a bit probably uh is from 2017 and it's called vulnerability and uh i think it's the first time i've ever played it anywhere so here it is Ooh, world exclusive hey Get off my mind Oh, I need someone I can trust Vulnerability Difficult to show you all the creases Where the dust has gathered God, I know it's not my fault But why does it hurt me? Make it easy or make me strong Vulnerability from 2017, a few years ago now. Um, Vulnerability! I I think we're at a point now where, like, the songs uh, that I could show for these years are just songs that were written outside of the weekly song seasons. Mm. This is kind of, like, challenging thing about trying to pick things out. It's just like, well, I could show this, but this is basically exactly how I did this on the podcast. (laughs) Right, yeah. And, um, I mean, you were saying when we were listening through, oh, some more unusual chords here than, you know, in 2015 or what have you. And, uh, honestly, the the thing was, once you and I met each other and started, like, talking about chords, because really you're the first person I ever, like, knew who knew how chords go together and had that sort of excitement about, um, <clears throat> like, uh, 
oh yeah instead of going to the to the four of the scale you could do this instead and that sort of stuff i was like oh my god you think the same way as i do and uh <laughs> and then i think you know you and i just have encouraged each other well, I, was, I was saying when we were recording like we bring out the worst in each other <laughs> like <laughs> this is it oh my god he's used that suspension all through there well, I'm going to have to put in 15 sections. He's put in 15 sections. Well, I'm going to have to put in the diminished chords. <laughs> definitely, definitely. I mean, the thing is, with, with with listening to any songwriter who whose craft I respect, you know, I go like, you know, when you come up to the podcast and, and you've done something I've never done before, I've just got to try it because it's like that's a new piece of vocabulary for songwriting. that He cannot be allowed to outdo me. Never anything like that. <laughs> Never anything like that. It's just just that fascinating. It's, it always reminds me of that Beatles thing, you know, where John and Paul would get the bus across Liverpool to the other side of town to go and see a guy who purportedly knew a seventh chord, you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, you've got to know the chords. You've got to know the chords. You've got to know the chords. Yeah, but this is kind of like... The last four have been... Uh, the last three or four have been really interesting to sort of hear like the definite leaps because they're all like a fair few years apart like in terms of songwriting because the first few are like quite close together and you can see some progression but then you sort of come on leaps and bounds like later on if that makes sense that's encouraging to hear when you stop being a 13 year old and writing Ramones songs you actually progress (laughs) I mean that's true of basically every musician isn't it absolutely yeah i mean when you're a teenager like the music that you're drawn to is generally angrier and more abrasive isn't it so you're gonna write music like that um it's just you know the way people develop and that exactly but uh but yeah uh so uh believe it's yeah the last last track now yeah uh this is from 2018 so just two years ago just two short years ago. Well, actually, it feels like two long years ago because this year has felt like fucking eternity. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ten years ago in February. Um... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, but yeah, this one's called "I Tried," and I really well, did, did. Did you succeed? <laughs> Let's find out. As if the answers in the song somehow. Let me do the math, I think it's been 13 years since you came along Wrote down all my dreams Tell me you and God sat down one night Obviously speechless, saying let him talk But only like a child I tried, I tried to tell you Tried to tell me everything would work out fine So I, today I realized Today I realized Nothing in my life goes down so far Even as my gratitude takes baby steps I wonder what you are been a little while since I was here Kneeling at your altar Talking gibberish Speaking clear Oh, I tried I tried to sell you You tried You tried 
tried to tell me everything would work out fine So I, today I realized Today I realized That's kind of, that's very endearing, that's very sweet so uh, this is Thanks. written in 2018, but this would have we would have started the podcast back up again at this point. But would this have been written outside of it? What was the genesis behind this recording? Um, you know what? Uh, I don't remember entirely. I think it was just one where. Well, why the hell did you include this? <laughs> <laughs> I joke. I, I think it was just one where we might have even been in the middle of a podcast season or something, and I just. This one just came out. You know, some songs just like, you know, you just want to express something and you pick up the guitar and, you know, half an hour later. Got some feelings that need to be heard. Yeah, you know, half an hour later you've got a song. And and that, that's why it's so undeveloped. There's no like, oh, let's add a harmony. And, you know, you can hear it in the performance. There's like gaps where I'm like looking at where I am in the lyrics and trying to find my pitch and that sort of thing. So... Uh, yeah, it's just I, I want to do that more often. Actually, next year is is that thing of rather than going okay, I'm writing a song for this podcast episode and later this album and blah 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 blah. Just writing a song of like, all right, okay, I have a free hour right now. I'm going to pick up the guitar and play it and write a song just for the sake of it. Um, it's kind of the dream. We've kind of conditioned ourselves out of it, but it's the dream to just be able to pick up an instrument again and just go, oh yeah, songs. That's how they go. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. There's definitely a thing of like focusing too much on the results rather than the actual process of making music, um, I would say. Can I also just point out... Um, yes? Since around the 2015 recordings, Roger's been keeping... Uh, he starts all of his um, like projects with idea number whatever. In 2015, he got up to idea 629... Uh, by the end of 2018, he got up to 853. You've passed 1,000 now, haven't you? Yeah, I'm currently on 1,065. 1,065 in... like, Is this since the beginning of recording, or is this just since you got your MacBook? Uh, this is since I got my MacBook Pro when I was 18. So, yeah, 10 years. 10 years, 1,000 ideas. Well, that's like, a pretty like said, damn good ratio. <laughs> that's okay. like an idea every three days. Well, you know, um, I, I like I say, I mean, I'm always working on something and um, it's just that thing. You know, like I say, I used to come in from school when I was a teenager and just have dinner and just record until I went to bed. Um, you know, if anything, I kind of wish I'd have <laughs> had more of a life. But but uh, you and me both, buddy, you and me both. But like episode 100, this is where we're at. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Our life choices have led us to this moment. <laughs> but um but yeah, I just I, I think uh I, I like I don't know, just having having all them numbered and everything like that. Um just for going back through every now and then and taking a listen and uh also it's so hard to keep track of stuff otherwise cuz you know, particularly with like P Green Boat and stuff that I do with Joe, like he'll go, hey, what about that organ idea you came up with? I, this is the reason I started numbering them, actually, is because Joe used to get annoyed that I wouldn't know what he was talking about. Oh, so, I've been there as well. Not so, to this extent. I don't have 1,000 ideas floating about on my computer, but... <laughs> but, like, he'd just go, what was, the, what was the organ-led one? i go, I don't know. I just wrote it and just sent it to you. And he was like, maybe you should number them. I said, okay. And, 
well, yeah, obviously that's where we are now. But uh, yeah, so so that's it. That's that. That's kind of really an interesting progression over the course of 15, well, uh, 13 in recording, but like 15 up to the present day years. Uh, it's like the person at the end is almost unrecognisable as a person from the beginning. Like as you go, <laughs> but what I love about these recordings is that <laughs> as you get older and older and older, they get quieter and quieter and quieter to at the end. It's just like one guitar and a vocal. <laughs> you know what I think? I think, and I'm I'm kind of serious when I say this now. It's like I think I need to get louder again. Yes, bring back punk Roger. <laughs> and that's not in some ego way. It's just like I think music has changed so much over the years. Um, I used I used to just kind of you know let it all fly, you know, um, warts and all. But I think I don't know. There's something about kind of I don't know. Anyway, making music that you're trying to make perfect, you kind of get a bit quieter and a bit more reserved, and you kind of like suppress your personality and your music a bit more so so yeah but but yeah i'm glad you glad you enjoyed them and definitely a progression honestly listening to the earlier ones feels like listening to someone else's music it doesn't feel like my music at all at this stage and I, I know what you mean <laughs> well i but mean yours I, is so much further back than mine will be but uh speaking of yours i want to hear some declan kitchener archive stuff oh figs Right, so I think we better clarify a couple of things here. Roger started recording uh, like full band demos when he was 13. I did not start playing the guitar until I was, I think it would have been 16. Oh, okay. So like, like two years of piano before that. So that would have been, I started piano in 2007, uh, like from nothing. 2009, I start the guitar. Uh, the earliest recording I did on guitar was there was this weird like you could download this app and you could put all the effects in the world on it and uh, you could record it but it only lasted about 30 seconds oh, so God. what I used to do because I was such a such a Queen fan as if I'm not now um, was I used to put the Brighton Rock delays on it oh nice <laughs> and just try and record like uh, loops going up and down and try and do interesting things uh, but that got lost off my first computer uh, honestly I thought I'd lost a load of my early recordings but turns out we have some of them oh excellent oh no <laughs> nothing worse than losing early stuff I mean uh, I say some I, do, I did lose a lot of them but this is the earliest recording that I could find at short notice um this is an instrumental recording from about 2011. Uh, it's uh, it's called Blues Demo because it's a demo of a bluesy chord progression. Um, it's not great. I'm so sorry. Let's have a listen. Uh, here we go.
I'm sorry that you had to listen to that, everybody. <laughs> That's blues demo from 2011. I've I got to ask, um, So, what got you into recording? What made you think, like, okay, I've got to just, like, take the equipment I've got, plug it in, and record? What was that like? Well, basically, I was starting to write riffs and songs and everything. And I did not have a means of recording them or presenting them in their best light because I could always hear in my head how they sounded better than when I actually played it. It's something I still struggle with to this day. There's a perfect version in my head that I'm chasing. Um, mm, so Can relate. This would have been either just before or just after I first went to uni. Uh, if I did go to uni, it was in, uh, if I did record this when I first went to uni, it would have been in my first term. But what it is, it's just I must have had this idea with this chord sequence and like uh, the do 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 melody over the top. And obviously, you can't play the two things at the same time uh, on one guitar. So I thought, ah, I'll re- I'll record this idea for prosperity. So I just literally got a clean setting on the... It was like one of those Valvetronic amps. Plugged it straight into Audacity, did that. I did the distorted line on the top. It's like, okay, well, that's uh, that's that done. Tell you what, I could add some bass. So I put it back to the clean... Because <laughs> I didn't have a bass at this time. So I had the clean sound on my guitar amp recorded the bass line then just shifted it down 12 octaves which is why it sounds so like odd <laughs> and uh like there's no definition on it and i just thought well okay now that i'm doing this what if i add octaves on it uh it's like oh, okay i'll put three of those on i think there's literally like five tracks doing the same <laughs> at the end i was just like okay what if i try and improvise some solo stuff and I did my first awkward take of that. And I was just like, oh, okay. I'll just put another one in there as well. <laughs> so right right from the start, I've always had this thing of like, but another track though. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the great thing with recording in general. It's just like, what would another thing sound like? Like your brain but, wants to hear what things sound like combined. But uh, you'll notice that there is no vocal on it because... I, to this day, I see myself more as a guitarist than as a singer. It's just that I've got more comfortable with what I can do vocally to the point where I sing on a podcast. Um, but at this point, there's like, no, no way out the window. Just don't don't uh, sing, sir, please, no. So, like, at this stage, this wasn't, like, uh, uh, prepped to be part of a release or anything i presume so was the... no 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 so no this no, was just no. Like we are not thinking in those terms at for all fun, for the fun of recording it started out as being a practical means of recording uh an idea that needed two guitars uh and then just turned into a load of mucking about uh but i just kept listening back to it. it's like hmm i wonder if i could do better and then throughout in particular my first year but like throughout the four years I was at High Wickham, I just ended up recording loads and loads more demos. 
and I eventually ended up trying to sing because these were once I was doing that they were just more for demonstrating ideas and uh you know demonstrating ideas and just like so I had a record of things so that if I got into a band I could say well I've got this can you sing like a nice version of that <laughs> oh so like literally a demo then yeah yeah like literally just to show people like okay this is going to sound rubbish if I try and do it on the acoustic or listen to this I like it. I like it. It's a, it's a really cool thing. I expected it to be a bit more sort of 12-bar blues oriented, but uh, it's quite an original piece of music in in the sense that it is a blues track, but it's not in like that traditional way. I mean, it's slow. That's the thing. Because it's like that whole sequence, which is kind of like three verses in a B section. It takes like two minutes. It's just like get on with it get on with it get on with it <laughs> it's it's funny to uh to contrast you know a relatively early recording of yours with an early recording of mine where at this stage i think you're more like the i don't know electric guitars you know blaring rock arrangement guy out of the two of us and like this is like really paired back obviously there are electric guitars but it's... I mean, it, it was meant to be literally just two guitars and it spiralled out of control. <laughs> <laughs> the story of my life. Um... <laughs> That's a good name for a book, that. Well, spiralling out of control. Um, <laughs> but I just... I started... I wrote my first song at university, like my first full song. Uh, and then I just kept on recording and recording and recording demos. Uh, again, just so that I had them to listen back to, so that if I got into a project, I could say, well, I've got these. And the next uh, thing we're going to hear is, like, the next progression of that. So, like, this is a point where I find, like, uh, do you remember that drum machine, Monkey Machine, online? No, I can't say I do. Oh, you could program in, like, uh, up to four bars of music, and I just remember, (laughs) like... like, Was that their tagline? (laughs) No, 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 no. It's just this thing you could cycle a beat. So what I used to do is I used to uh, pop the audio output uh, cable into the audio input, record the loop, record all the bits I needed for a drum track, and then like stitch it together manually in Audacity. (laughs) Um, Because I'm basic. Uh, Anyway... Uh, This is one of my terrible songs. Uh, It's called Life of Distraction. I apologise for the singing. Let's go. Time 
Okay, so that was Life of Distraction with possibly the most juvenile lyrics of all time. Um, or like the most like edgelord lyrics. Like, <laughs> look at me, I'm being serious. Media's bad. Uh, bombs. <laughs> Grown-up stuff. Growl it out. Shut up, Dad. <laughs> what would you say that was influenced by the most? Um, I think this is like, uh, this is 2013, so I think this is probably the time I got into Black Sabbath. I was going to uh, say, I thought the solo particularly reminded me of a Tony Iommi solo. Well, like, um, it's more like the uh, the riff that... I still like that riff. Um, uh, but then the intro is kind of like, if... Muse tried to do a Black Sabbath song that like I'm thinking more along the lines of like hysteria plugging baby. <laughs> so it's like got to be short and simple, but it's also going to be weird and fast. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's great. I think the the arrangement and the writing of it's really good, as well as the um, the guitar tones you're getting here is really good as well. Well, I, I was surprised how hard that bass tone went. Um, <laughs> it really did. Because <laughs> I think that's all. There's like. I think all there is on the recording is like one bass, one guitar, and a solo guitar. Um, which uh, is how you get those harmonies on the uh, riffs. But um, yeah, this is kind of like on those times where, I, like, as a song, it's got two riffs, which I really love. Both of them, I think, are really cool. And it just stops for the chorus, and like the vocal has no idea where it's going. Like it's so off pitch, and like it's it's really unsatisfying. Like you could like maybe I like that it's referenced at the end because like the choruses are like F sharp to E, and then the end is like G to A. But like you could put that F sharp to E thing as like maybe the kick into the solo. But it needs a more satisfying chorus in there. Also, it needs like a proper tune, as opposed to. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that's the great thing about looking back at this old stuff is is the fact that you can now say, "Oh, it needs a stronger chorus," and you know these elements I would change or do differently, just shows progression. Um, but I think it's great, really cool. But one thing to note, like these originally started out as being like just 
demos for the benefit of me uh because i'm the poor soul who has to uh like remember how these all go they all feature guitar solos um <laughs> <laughs> and they all go into like a new set of chords for the guitar solo as well so like uh <laughs> why is that just to make it more varied more interesting to play over for you it's more it's you know you get more variance in it i again this is like the when I was big into Black Sabbath, they always go into like new areas for guitar solos, so I like that. Oh yeah. Um, but it, it's kind of like I'm showing off, but no one will ever hear these apart from you guys now. So like I was showing off to myself. It's like yeah, I'm the best. Take that, me. <laughs> <laughs> that could be a title. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I love it. It's uh, that, that's the thing though. Is like when you're recording just for your own pleasure, and you are showing off to yourself, as you quite rightly put it. Uh, you get some cool results, don't you? Yeah. Well, it's kind of like you continue along that line, and like you can tell, like on the blues demo, there's like no vibrato in anything. Like on this one, it's sounding a bit more. The guitars are feeling a bit more phrased, as it were. But I still need to work out what notes are in my voice. Um, and then the next one we're going to hear is when I've moved back to Cornwall for a bit and I've met you. Me. So, you. Uh, which, this would be 2015. Uh, so this is like shortly, like uh, like a year, six months maybe, before we started the podcast challenge. Uh, I know that because I remember exactly what this song is written about uh, and I won't say what it is. Um, but... Uh, you may recognise the other person on this recording. I shall go more into the story of it later. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is called Bring My Light to Me. Uh, Bring Your Light to Me from uh, 2015. Thank you. 
drums don't cut off in time (laughs) (laughs) well i mean it wasn't a real drummer right it was a drum machine yeah that's just like literally one loop on monkey machine going round and round all the time i mean like right off the bat with that recording like it's a real jump in style and writing from from the previous track uh i mean the vocal almost has notes in it (laughs) i mean it's 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 more solid and it just sounds like i mean did did you were you like writing and then recording or like re- writing and recording at the same time at this stage if you know what i mean uh this one was written first and then brought into uh the computer to sort of arrange it a bit more uh but this is kind of still like a very simplistic recording at least when cuz there's a weird story to as to why Roger is on this recording cuz when i met Roger i sort of glurged all of my rubbish demos for him and said like oh look here's all my songs here's all my songs here's all my songs and like every single time I recorded something new I'd send it over uh, and I recorded this one uh, and what you had was the drum loop the bass the guitar and my vocal and that was it yeah I believe you said uh, oh I can so hear backing vocals on this can I try a version this is the way I remember it anyway um and I said, oh, yeah, sure thing, have a crack, because you're an amazing singer. And you sent me back this version which had, like, all the harmony vocals on it ever. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so, essentially, what I ended up doing is, like, taking my original recording, taking your harmony for uh, recording, and, like, chopping and changing between them where I thought the harmony should come in. All right. Which is why you sort of hear these weird disjointed bits in it slightly sometimes, where I'm sort of having to fade from one one to tougher. Oh, I see. So, and why it modulates slightly. So there's like a kind of like a mismatched phase at those joints, I see. Yeah, it's not 100% perfect. Um, I just love that. That's such like, that's not only do I like it as a, as a song, but it's such like a, a souvenir of our friendship. I really like this recording. Yeah, I want to do like a full-on version of this, but like in Punk Roger style, like full-on like, uh, won't you please bring your light to me? Like full-on go for it. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Also, uh, my recording of this is called uh, Bring Me Bring Your Light to Me 797. The reason it's that is that is because when you sent um, the recording back to me uh, with your vocals on it originally, you sent it back uh bring your light to me 686 and i had no idea what 686 stood for so in just one of my stupid little jokes i put 797 on the end and when i sent it back to you you go oh my god so you number your ideas too (laughs) and you got more than me i was just like oh that's what that means i was just being stupid (laughs) i i just i mean at this stage we we just met and started talking about music and stuff and sending each other demos I think this may have been the first song I wrote after meeting you, actually. Ah, uh, okay, okay. 
I mean, it's not about you, but like, um, uh, but it's uh, like it, it shows like because like every musical person I got interested in like being in projects with and like doing music with at all I used to send them all my demos I think you were the first person I sent this one to now I remember back in the day um, back in the day it wasn't even that long ago but we used to five years ago half a decade Roger well this is when we both lived in Cornwall we've done a podcast in that time I know damn and we, yeah, we used to just meet up at these open mics, and this is pretty well documented. But uh, yeah, we told this story enough. No, I won't tell. So we'll tell it again. But <laughs> we used to go to these open mics, and then I didn't know you, and you didn't know me, but we sort of like saw each other play, our, you know, our, our respective sets. And then the way I remember is that I just waddled over to you drunk and just like because uh, you were doing backup of another guy, waddled over to him and just said, "Oh, that was great." <laughs> he wasn't interested, and I turned to you like, "And your backup vocals are really good, mate." <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember you slurring quite that much, but I do. I do um, remember. But there was slurring because there was this midnight train, like quarter past midnight or something like that. Uh, going from Truro and it would go back to Camborne and to Hale where you and I lived at the time um, hmm. and then yeah we would just talk about music and all this stuff and play like we both would have guitars so we'd play guitar on, on the train platform and then I remember on the train you'd be like hey I've got these recordings do you mind if I send them over I was like oh sure go ahead you know send them over and then I get home and I check my, my laptop and I'd have like it was like 20 of them wasn't full, there yeah full of demos I was like yeah. well, I've sent you my entire hard drive I was like here we go <laughs> but um yeah and you were really nice you didn't block me immediately which is amazing I like it when people send me stuff um but that's kind of the end of my pre-podcast uh recording section sadly i don't have 1000 ideas floating about on my computer um but uh the sort of stuff we're going to go into now is more like outtakes from the weekly song podcast and sort of either alternate songs or ideas or um uh like work in progress things like that uh so this more relates to the podcast. So the first thing we're going to listen to is my... <laughs> to give you an idea of how I label things on my phone. This is called Make It Out V1C1 Take 117. Because um... <laughs> you are an android. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm sad that I couldn't actually write this in barcode language. Um, it's what I was going to do. It's the song idea I originally had for episode 11, Plop. Um which uh, it ended up being a different song but uh, this is kind of the original version so we'll listen to it on a big jet plane destination nowhere Lines are moving, but the views the same. Mountain walking slower. If you want it, just to stretch your legs, we'll be arriving shortly. Just relax and watch your film. You don't get that pipe coming in for landing. So take your seat, fasten up your belts now and just repeat. Well, I'm gonna make it alive Well, I'm gonna make it alive Fly to forest, heading for a dive 
etc. <laughs> cool. That was Make It Out uh, from 2017. Uh, really like it. I, I'm surprised you didn't, uh, you know, develop that further. I love the recording. I love the song. Well, it's very cool. Well, it must have just like been one of those ideas that just didn't click at the time. But like listening to it now, I so want to go back and work on it. Like it's another version of it where it it ends with the guitar doing the vocal line. The it's just like that sounds so cool on guitar <laughs> oh definitely yeah like it sounds like refined strut as it were <laughs> <laughs> yeah like baroque strut or something something like that <laughs> <laughs> um the way this is actually recorded and why it sounds so crap these are all just like for my own reference now these are in no way meant to be heard by other people uh, so this is why we're putting them on air. Um, <laughs> uh, this was recorded. This must have been recorded really late at night because it's the only way reason I record like this. Uh, but this is like my practice amp with all the reverb in the world on it for some reason because I thought it sounded better. Um, playing through my headphones, maxed out. And then me mumbling the song next to it, so like I could still get a recording on my phone, ah. but without annoying the neighbours, because obviously you can't record acoustic in the middle of the night. Sure, yeah, that is the problem with uh, living around people. Also, I'm not sh- the lyrics will probably have to change because it's kind of a little bit about an airplane crashing. So, <laughs> <laughs> right, I was wondering what they were about. Flight two four is headed for a dive. Also, I need to remove the port key line uh, because, uh, you know, J.K. Rowling. Uh, but we won't get into that here. Um, but, yeah, there are always these weird little odds and ends where, like, you write a song, you start writing a song for the podcast, and then it's just like, but that doesn't fit. Yeah. It, it, it doesn't work anymore. Why? Yeah, I think and- it's important to, to see that, you know, uh, not every song we bring to the podcast is like fully hatched and just came out perfectly. It's like we've abandoned so many things along the way. Oh, like it's depressing going back from my um, voice notes archive on my phone and just uh, seeing what got abandoned. And it's just, oh no, some of these ideas sound really nice. Yeah. So, some of them don't, but some of them really do. <laughs> yeah, I mean there's there's always a nugget of goodness to the to the abandoned songs, aren't there? Hmm. Yeah, there's a reason you started down the path. Exactly. Um but I like this one. You should you should do something with this. You should develop it in uh, some some way. I may have very loose plans for the musical idea. Because it's kind of fits the feel of something that I want to do in the future. Okay, nice. Uh, so the fifth thing that I'm going to do here is from episode 15 of the podcast. Declan, anything to add? No? Uh, it's an early <laughs> version of the song that uh, appeared in that episode. Uh, it's labelled Weekly Song 6 Demo. This would have been the sixth in the run, not the sixth weekly song overall. Um, and yeah, see if you can spot which one this is. It goes like this. Ah. Uh, 
I love the way you ended that. That's a really nice little run. Uh, so, yeah. if you don't recognise that one, that is my song Pause, uh, an early version of it anyway. Um, I think I mentioned on the episode that it, it originally started off being really slow, but I never like did a full-on like demonstration of how different it was. I was just listening back to this, and it's just like, this is really odd because like I've recorded pause properly. I play it at most live shows that I do, and I'm so used to the structure of it now that you can sort of see the finished song creeping out of this one, but like it's wrong every so often. Like you know, it goes too quickly down the scale, or like the chords in the chorus aren't quite right, and like the vocal melody is still like maneuvering in places it's i'm still trying to work out what it is but like <laughs> <laughs> i i love it it's great it's uh you know i mean obviously on the podcast uh, the podcast this was on when you were talking about pause uh well i say the podcast this was on it wasn't on it that's what i'm trying to say is i've never heard this recording before um uh, so i chose this because i know you like the song pause i just thought it might be interesting for you to hear <laughs> i love your piano writing and and not only that but it's so funny how it's one thing to like hear you say oh this started out as a slow version and let's move on to actually like sitting down and listening to the whole initial idea and you realize how much it's changed like how why why did you speed it up i mean because i thought it was a bit dull quite frankly okay um because like you're a lot harsher on things when you're creating them like mm plus i was still thinking in terms of like a live band context so like you could do like a really cool ethereal version of a song like this with like a haunting melody if you had a great singer um i'm not a great singer um so i need to rely more on energy and clever chords and like you know just general get up and go uh but also, I think it does work faster, particularly the uh, the riff, the bomb, bang, 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 all that sort of stuff. completely agree it works better fast um but slow has a couple of merits in it in there too but uh yeah yeah i su- i surprised because it the, it changes key for the chorus in the same way that the final version does but then like the chords it actually plays excepting the first one are like completely different it's just like this really doesn't flow <laughs> <laughs> i think it's really interesting that and this is something i really don't do enough is that if you have a song and you're writing a song and you go, I like it generally, but there's something missing or something like that, rather than just like abandoning it, like like what you did so cleverly here, just to speed it up, add a bass line, just change the whole like uh, delivery of the song, uh, can change a song so much and like kind of breathe new life into it. We may be revisiting that very shortly. Um, but what also I... Um... Uh, want to point out on this version is that there is no lyric sheet in front of me I'm literally just scatting whatever comes to the top of my head so that's why there's no reference to like the final lyrics like you've got the the dreams of yesterday <laughs> must have been a bit of a mopey mood that afternoon <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh man, it's it's so cool to hear how you know pause a song I absolutely love uh, started out um, in such a different way, you know. Because mm. the thing is, when you hear a song like pause, which I'm sure we will have included a clip of at some point, because we're mentioning it quite a lot, like you hear the the upbeat sort of like eighth notes on the piano, you know, like. Uh, and all that sort of thing and you go oh it must have just been written like that but to hear that oh actually no it was written slower then sped up and all these changes happened um i, well, I what, find quite encouraging you know well what kind of weirds me out a little bit in like hearing that one back like the chords are very just like playing the chord over and over whereas in the final version what i've ended up doing is um including a lot more of the vocal melody in the uh in the right hand ah so, so it's it's it, it must have it must have just worked out easier to put the melody in if it's faster as well, uh, and made it more interesting. But like it it is it is odd. I'm saying that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I really like that, and uh, and uh, yeah, like I said, I can't think of anything else to say on it apart from that. It's so encouraging to hear something developed up. Uh, and to hear that process because like you know it's a surprise because i've never heard this demo before so it's very cool well we're gonna do a bit of repeating on the same theme here uh my sixth thing that i'm going to show this has been going a while now uh the sixth thing i'm going to show is i've got it listed as weekly song 22 embryo slash weekly song 22 demo 117 um <laughs> <laughs> want to explain the title a little bit or well, I'm slightly cheating here. This is like kind of two recordings put together, oh but God. I just wanted... Yeah, I know. <laughs> but um, I just wanted to sort of show off uh, like how much songs can sometimes change because like pause changed, but like there are some songs that change more. Um, this is from episode 18, Charizard. Um, and uh, the song goes like this. Weekly Song 22, Idea 1.
was quite a long diversion. Um, <laughs> but like, this is a change some songs make. Like GTFO went through this process. This song, um, just say what's on your mind, went through this process of like switching between guitar and piano to sort of work out which instrument suits it better and then once you speed it up (laughs) (laughs) like uh, it ends up being completely a guitar song like even the um the riff like that like it feels so much more comfortable in that range but then you sort of see how it evolved via the piano yeah which again is another demo where i haven't heard that original version and uh I mean, yeah, so I think this was at a time when you had piano available to you, like, whenever you want, right? Mm. And and yeah. then to be able to just, like, play piano whenever you want and switch to guitar, um, it's a really good way of, um, you know, making a song into a workhorse and finding out which, base to, which ways to develop it best. Uh, but I mm. love hearing the process of how you do that. You You know, you really kind of do put a song through its paces. Well, I used to do it a lot more than I do now. Now I write a lot more at the last minute. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I think uh, one thing that we've changed on the podcast over the years is that we, as we've gotten more and more into uh, like editing clips, and we edit in more clips of uh, like work in progress things. So you guys have more of an understanding of how these things develop. We didn't do this back in this day, so like it is fun going back to this stuff and re-listening to it because this would be like the first time I've heard this since 2017 yeah definitely Um, it is funny to think even just how the podcast has developed since then like you say you know back then it was just like this is the final thing you know this is my my most up-to-date version of the song blam here it is uh and you didn't Mm. actually get to see any of the behind the scenes of like oh it started on piano I mean we spoke about it but it's one thing to speak about it and another thing to actually like hear the recording so Mm. but yeah i love this very cool very cool to hear the development more songs go through this process than i care to admit um (laughs) the next one uh number seven that we're going to listen to is when i stopped actually naming these things so this one is called voice zero zero three oh yeah exciting isn't it um this is kind of like an alternate idea that never got used for episode 21 i listen to a lot of podcasts naked we need to get some better titles for these podcasts man <laughs> i stand by that one i'm sure i don't even know but i'm sure i'm Cause sure that, it was that, me who said it yeah it was definitely you that said that okay uh, i stand by go on past me that's uh sock very... it to him actually i think everything uh all the titles that i've mentioned are all rogerisms <laughs> <laughs> but uh Yeah, this is the excitingly titled Voice 003. Ooh, okay. Idea number two for weekly song number four of this run. I've given up counting how many there are. Anyway, it goes like this.
love it. Well, I, what's up with those last like five seconds though? I got bored. <laughs> <laughs> this is like an, an idea I never developed but I just there's nothing like much in the way this is written except for that it sounds really cool and weird I just kind of wanted to I, I just think it's neat I just think they're neat um, <laughs> um, I, it's I, I was listening to it I was just thinking like oh you could have like a really cool like behind that don't you can have like the really cool like driving thing behind it and it's so weird that it would stand out no matter what you did with it definitely definitely i mean you could take it in so many different directions i was thinking like uh a more classical arrangement because i mean out of context if you if that just came on the radio you would just think oh this is like a piece of classical music there's a piano concerto or something it's the most, world's most boring piano concerto if it was but uh... <laughs> i disagree i think it's really interesting um and again i was saying to you while we were listening to it, i love the pedal thing you're doing meaning like the the constant that kind of thing yeah 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 um it's something i was doing a lot then um and i still like to do because it's just a nice way to keep movement in the uh, song going particularly if the right hand isn't doing that much like in this case because if it was if it was just a held left note and a right hand it would just be bong bong dong bong dong as opposed to ba da 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 okay and then and then when did the did words come about for this and if so like how long after no this got scrapped pretty early on um or like put to one side it got completely replaced because i think i say at the start this is like idea number two. Oh yeah i think i ended up going through like three or four ideas before i ended up with the weekly song that this is i have no idea what weekly song that actually is though so if you do want to go back and listen to i listen to a lot of podcasts naked from memory i don't think it's one of my best um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so uh yeah maybe don't listen to the early episodes listen only to episode 100 because it is the best episode um and it, you're already doing that now if you're hearing our voices so well done yeah congratulations um, um yeah anything else you want to say just that hearing this whole process you've got of like oh this is my second idea of the week and i ended up scrapping it but it had this it just makes me from now on want to like spend like a lot more time developing, you know, really and honing ideas over the course of the week rather than what I've done for season 10, which I don't regret, but it's just another way of writing of like, I'll sit down for a session and just write. Well, that's the thing. I think I'm going to start like honing like you did. Well, I've, the thing, I don't do this that much anymore because I have so much more uh, time spent working and traveling to and from work. Mm-hmm. The end result is that it eats up into more and more of my free time. Uh, so I have ended up going more to the school of uh, just bashing a song out as quickly as I can. Uh, but I, I do if I do want to spend more time writing. It's just that there's always more things to do. Life is definitely busier now than it used to be um, for both of us. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm sort of cheating a little bit on the last voice recording as well, but like. We've mentioned before how sometimes when we were meeting up face to face, I would end up just coming up with like little song fragments. Uh, <laughs> hmm. That um, I would want to develop into a song, but I couldn't because I played them in front of Roger. So <laughs> this is 
my collection of what I call doomed riffs, which is just like little ideas that may or may not ever get developed. Uh, and the recordings here are called two doomed riffs, one doomed riff, another doomed riff, yet another doom riff. They go like this. Ah. <laughs> two riffs that I'll never use. <laughs> like this just <laughs> like ground basis and then have like someone like actually moving in a melody over the top That's all my nice playing. That's all my stuff. But these are just like the little song fragments that if I had these ideas at any other time other than in podcast recording sessions, I would totally write <laughs> songs around them. The trouble is, because I've the only time I write songs now is for the podcast, and because Roger hears them, I can't use them. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I uh I think there's so many of these which could and should be developed. I want to I mean, do an album of doomed riffs one day. That'd be... Instrumental or like writing songs around no, them? No, writing songs around them, but just like taking all these doomed ideas and just like putting them into something. <laughs> it's brilliant. It's cool. And I like the fact that like your seventh, uh, or sorry, eighth uh, recording we listened to was like a collection of like little odds and ends. It's very cool. Yeah, I wish I'd have done something like that. Just from like uh, 2019 to 2020 but that it's kind of more reflective of the way that i tend to record my ideas now um i record a lot more fragmentally so like uh it used to be that i'd like bash out something for four minutes and then like refine it and then come back to it and come back to it and come back to it whereas now what i tend to do like if i've got an idea and there's no one on the street when i'm walking home i'll just like hum it into my phone or like if i get a quick idea for a, a cool riff i'll just play it into my phone and just stitch them together afterwards ah yes I, yes kind of more what i'm doing these days as well 
Mm. Which I don't like, know if that's better or worse. Editing. Just like capturing these little idea nuggets. Um, that could be a title. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, it, it it's more indicative of the way I tend to write now as opposed to like over-developing simple ideas, which I was doing back in 2011. Now I over sim- now I over simplify complicated ideas. <laughs> well, I think a lot of different approaches should be tried. You know, whether it's you know recording re- right onto your computer, for example, and just like trying out different tones together. Sometimes, like you might find that, like, oh right, that's how I write songs. Like everyone's different, and then some people might be like, oh no, I have to write an entire song on the piano first. Everyone's got their super secret method. But it's like discovering which one works for you. I'm still not even sure um, which one works for me. Well, there's, there's no, pl- there's no, there's no process to writing songs. There's no f- secret formula because creativity hits you at different times. Like if you keep doing the same thing, you're gonna get bored. Yeah, very true. Like I was literally listening to, um, uh, oh God, it's gonna paint me as a massive Doctor Who fan, as if I am. But I was listening to a audiobook this morning called Who and Me, which is the memoirs of the one of the Doctor Who producers from the 1970s and like there's oh, a point right. in it where he's talking about like how to create a successful season of television and he sort of ends up going at one point uh, the biggest tip you ever have is uh, you have to introduce variety like Pavlovian when Pav you know the sort of Pavlovian thing of um, if you ring a bell and when the dog is having dinner and when you ring the bell they'll come and expect dinner yeah. The thing is, you can't just keep ringing the bell every single time, otherwise it doesn't trigger. Like you have to change things occasionally. You have to like put in some intentional false results to keep that response going, because it's a scientifically proven fact that if you provide the human brain with the same stimulus over and over again, it literally switches off, and he goes and repeats that point twice just to make sure it's drilled into the listener. <laughs> So what did you take away from that? Because that's really interesting, like, in terms of applying it to creativity or songwriting. Well, just more... I was thinking more in terms of, like, uh, it... You can't expect one single method to work for you time and time again. Like, uh, the way we write songs has changed. The way we record songs has definitely changed. And the types of song we write has changed. In particular, in your case, like, you listen to your 2005 songs and you listen to the stuff you're doing now, and it could almost be two separate artists but you are changing and you are developing like uh occasionally you get like an acdc which has like one style and you know one sound and that works for them forever but like that's literally the exception that kind of proves the rule yeah yeah definitely i think it's a case of like following what is exciting to you at the time i think the best music comes from a feeling of excitement of like even if it's just something like oh i'm 14 years old i've just heard uh nirvana for the first time let me try something like that like that excitement will lead you to write something that's at least fun to make and if something's fun to make then you'll want to make more of it exactly Um, the worst way to look at it i think is like i want to make me something in me that wants to make music or paint or what have you but i've tried it once and it didn't go very well, and now I'm never going to try it again. Like, that's the worst way to approach it. And it's the way that everyone approaches it first. Like, when Mm. I first started recording vocals, I was just so mortified and embarrassed. Oh, I still am. To record them, to show them to anyone, or anything like that. 
but you know, you can't just give up. You've got to keep keep at it. Keep at it. Yeah, and if something's not working for you, change something, because like you might find the spark that makes it easy for you, or like suddenly something will trigger and you think. Now, why haven't I been doing it like that all along? Oh, that's the, that's the best moment. I love that moment. Yeah, the sort of moment where it all clicks into place and you go, oh, now I get it. And often for me, that moment is like, it's not like, oh, I should be doing more. It's like, I've been working too hard on like, whatever it is. Like, oh, songwriting is supposed to be fun and easy. It's not supposed to be this like uphill battle every single time. <laughs> I think this ends up being reflected in like, uh, to draw this back to like the Grand Hundo like we've got our in jokes we've got our styles we know that i like putting in all the diminished chords ever we know that roger can go super high and he can do like all the fun harmonies and he's like the best writer ever um but hopefully what's come across in episodes one through 100 is a a sense of progression that we are consistently getting better or at least coming up with like more interesting ideas to discuss and B that we don't repeat ourselves that we don't end up producing the same songs over and over again uh, which I think is true for both of us like if you compare like season 1 to season 10 uh, in terms of the songs we write it, it they're, they're two very different bags because like we've been doing this for 5 years now like there are bands that yeah. I'm massive fans, a massive fan of that I had never heard of when we started. Like yeah, you, know, you just look outwards for inspiration. You bring it in. You try and bring it into what you do. And that's a yeah yeah. It's a really good point you make about you know oh some of my favorite bands or bands I didn't know about when we first started the podcast. That's something that I remember uh, had a big impact on me. Uh, it's just talking to. Uh, talking to my friend joe and i was saying to him like oh you know sometimes if you ever feel like you get stuck in a rut what do you do he just goes listen to more albums just listen to more music listen to the way other people have made music um because i don't know about you but that's the reason i wanted to make music in the first place like if if i had never grown up around albums or the radio or whatever you know music in general I don't think I would have had that thing of like, oh my god, I've got to make something, try to make something like that, you know, aspire to one day. Um, so it's just like listen to more stuff, you know. Yeah. Oh, they the you know the Who make different music to the Beatles, and what are those differences, and how do they arrange their guitars differently? Um, why are the Beatles often lauded as better songwriters than? Pete Townsend. I'm not trying to pick on t- Pete Townsend <laughs> particularly here, but you know, like, how do songwriters compare to each other, and like, what are the pros and cons and merits of different people? It's... Like it, studying artists and studying how they affect you. And it's kind of the more you bring into yourself, the more you sound like you. Uh, yeah. Not to get like too zen and too hippie about it, but like, the more you connect with the world, the more of yourself you show. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And the, the I mean, if is... you're only listening to Queen, you're going to produce songs that sound like Queen, and that's fine, and you may be really good at it, but we've got loads of great Queen songs. Definitely. I, I do think that if you feel like you're supposed to be writing songs, like there's just something in you go, like, I just enjoy writing songs. I think, you know, I've got, got some songs in me. There's probably 
a voice that you're trying to discover, um, by, by which I mean an artistic voice, an identity where you go, maybe 10 years down the line, you'll go, hey, I think I sound like me more now. Um, uh, you know, as opposed to like when you first start out, you go, oh, right, OK, I was obviously mimicking, you know, like in my example, Rancid and uh, the Ramones, all these different people. Uh, but then eventually you go, oh, right, OK, I was supposed to be sounding like me all this time. And you find out what that is. And one thing I will point out is that we've gone back quite a far way uh, with our stuff that we've shown you here. Like my stuff recorded goes back to 2011. You can hear how basic that early one is. And I'd only started playing music, what, four years previous to that? So that's 13 years of music. Roger's first recording is too far, is like 15 years old. And you started uh, a couple of years before that on music, didn't you? Yeah. So like for us to be at the point now where I think we can both say we've got signature styles and signature things that we do or at least stuff that we can identify as being significant to the way we write songs we haven't got there overnight we didn't start songwriting in 2016 when we started this podcast this has been a process for getting on for i think in roger's case getting close to two decades like for me it's a decade and a half like yeah these things take time but hopefully what we sort of provide is that like even if you've been doing it for this long you will mess up you'll produce rubbish but the next week you'll produce better and you just need to keep on going that's what we've been doing for like a decade and a bit definitely and i think the doing the podcast has helped enormously with that but even just like before we did the podcast having the challenge there it reminds me of this thing that um jerry seinfeld the comedian uh was talking about when somebody said to him you know how how do you how are you so prolific with your joke writing he said what i do is i have um a technique i call just don't break the chain so every day he will write a joke see a back, so, uh, fan. <laughs> i bungled that sentence <laughs> oh i liked it um but he said don't break the chain so he'll write a joke every single day and he'll put a cross on the calendar every day and he will not break that chain he can't have a day without a cross in the box and I think, you know, what you and I are doing together of, you know, every week we want to meet up and go, I have a song, you know. And uh, I think that's good. Because the reason I'm saying that's good is because if you and I didn't do this, there would probably be some weeks where I go, I want to write a song. I have every intention of writing a song, but this week I feel depressed or this week I has been busy with work or this week any excuse any excuse under the sun i just don't feel like songwriting whereas because you and i have got each other to show a song to and discuss uh there's just that thing of the more you write the better you will write and the more you'll find your voice the thing is also the more you write the more shit you'll write as well but the ratio will be probably more good than bad well this is kind of um one point we always reference the beatles it's it's kind of why it's in our description um but like one of the things George Harrison always mentioned about when he was starting to write songs is that he was starting to write songs from scratch, whereas John and Paul had been, they'd written like 200 songs before they got near a recording studio. They'd written pretty much all of their bad ones. Yeah. And they've worked out what made their good songs. It's just one of these things. The more you do, the more you get better at it. It's 10,000 hours. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And um, 
I don't know. I suppose this, you know, the other thing is don't be afraid of writing bad stuff. I think that's the thing I've come to terms with. It's like, I mean, got... you, you've heard some of the stuff we play for you today, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. We, we both got piles of stuff that we would go, oh, I'm never going to release that, you know, um, that was a work in progress. But you just got to push through that stuff because, you know, I, I think uh, if you get put off by there being, you know, some bad stuff you'll produce, you'll never get to the good stuff. Exactly. That was deep, uh, man. <laughs> exactly. And on that note, I think that's a good place to end episode 100, eh? Episode 100! Uh, it's so cool that, um, you know, people have been listening and hopefully getting some, I don't know, some structure to their own songwriting stuff. And um, we really appreciate you guys listening. Uh, it means a hell of a lot. Mm. Seconded. Like, every letter we receive or every comment we see, like, it's just like, this has helped with my songwriting. I've never thought about this, or like this has inspired me to do this. It's just like, oh, this is having the effect we wanted. Absolutely, yes. Should we wrap up? Let's do it. So that's it for episode 100. I'm going to have to stop doing that, otherwise the neighbours will throw things at me. Um, <laughs> thank you very much for listening. Like. If you've listened to all 100 or if you've just listened to this as your first one, by the way, if you have, sorry. Um, <laughs> if you want to get in touch with the podcast, why not uh, email into weeklysongpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to follow us in other places, why not check out our Instagram and our YouTube, uh, both Weekly Song Podcast. Uh, just search those. We have a Facebook page as well, which we're terrible at updating. Uh, Roger, where can they find you and your music? Well, I'm glad you asked, because today I have a new album out. Um, <gasps> it's called, and you will never believe this because this is episode 100 of the Weekly Song Podcast, but it's called Weekly Songs 1. And it's a fresh take on basically how I want to release weekly songs from now on. So uh, these are from seasons 8 and 9, sort of like cherry-picked the best ones from season 8 and 9, added extra layers, mixed them onto tape, and they're going to be available exclusively from Bandcamp, uh, because today, this Friday, if you're listening on the day this came out, is Bandcamp Friday, where Bandcamp uh, dropped their fees, and I think it's a really good thing for indie music in general, so even if you're not you know, interested in my music, definitely check out Bandcamp Friday, get some indie music, but uh, if you are interested in my music, this... Uh, this features uh, seven weekly songs, like I say, mixed and mastered and developed a little bit more. And it would mean the world to me if you were to go to rogerheathers.com and check that out. Um, I'm also on Instagram, at rogerheathers, where I post about my recording process and I post drawings and all that sort of thing. And uh, Instagram's cool. It's like a, it's a nice creative outlet and a good place to keep in touch. Uh, so that's where you can find me. And uh, where can people find your music, Declan? Uh, you can find my music at declankitchener.bandcamp.com I currently only have the one EP on there uh, hopefully I shall get to changing that soon um, I also have a presence on YouTube uh, which is just Declan Kitchener Music search that on Facebook as well uh, just to clarify uh, the Bandcamp Friday thing will be dis uh, December the 4th and if you do check out Roger's music there are some great ones on there uh, what might be worth checking out is To Your Heart's Content, uh, which has the final version of Balloon on there. Uh, also, some other great ones are uh, Next Week in Munster, uh, Maybe I'm Bored, I'm Biased because I'm on it. Uh, and 
any of the winter tapes. They're sort of like this eclectic mix of everything that Roger does. So, yeah, check out those. Oh, you're the best. And definitely check out Declan's music as well. Um, All Captain five Lee's... songs of it. <laughs> well, I, I don't know how much you want to divulge here, but you've got that amazing EP available. Uh, and you've also got uh, another project in the works, which I know firsthand is um, really stellar. It's a lot of your weekly songs developed, uh, you know, to quite quite a high professional standard, and they sound awesome. Oh, cheers. Checks in the post. Um <laughs> So, uh, yeah, that's it for us for this season, uh, this sort of honorary season 10 episode. Uh, hopefully we'll be back at some point early in the new year. Uh, yes, absolutely, yeah. And uh, we'll be back with a fresh batch of seven weekly songs. Seven weekly songs. Ooh, going to be exciting. Uh, we shall let you know close to the time uh, when that will actually be. So keep an eye on our Instagram and our Facebook for that one. Uh Yes, yeah, so from episode 100, we'll see brap, you. Brap, brap. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Ta-ra. Ta-ra. Thank you. <laughs>